swagger on point when I step in Signs in the air for the gang that you're repping Don't get brave when I'm stepping in the rave If you show my love, everything's okay So for a lively rave to have fun in If there ain't girls in the place, we ain't coming Middle finger up to the Jake, stepping in with the gang Please tell the police they can't come in Show me a salute, that's gang Pure love for the crew, that's gang Trash shit if you ain't gonna bang Just show man a sign if you're down for the gang Show me a salute, that's gang Pure love for the crew, that's gang Trash shit if you ain't gonna bang Just show man a sign if you're down for the gang Juventini, we are back, you know, it's been a tough day, um, welcome back to the Juventini Tab Back to Black and White podcast, number seven on the trot, we have a new guest, this is Daniel Negro, Calgary, Alberta, today we're going to be going over the post-match of the Coppa Italia final, and as you all probably know by now, it didn't go our way, we lose in a shootout to Napoli and PK's. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't even know if I want to get into the business part of the business part, but <laughs> you guys can please, as always, smash the subscribe button, drop a like, comment, questions, criticisms, anything. If you're following on YouTube, click the bell for notifications so you can stay updated to whenever I release uh, all the new podcasts on there. Also, if you're on iTunes or Spotify, please subscribe and, you know, drop a rating if you can. That really helps me out and again it just keeps you updated to whenever the new podcast come out so um but yeah without further ado let me bring on my guest guest bruno how are you how's it going man welcome to the show thanks for having me excited man no problem whereabouts are you from in the u.s uh new jersey but uh have a lot of connections with canada my my mom's from uh toronto so I'm, i'm up and down from in there every year Oh, nice, nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of I have a lot of, well, I have I have a few relatives that are living in in Toronto as, or in and around Toronto. But uh, yeah, I also have a we have some cousins in uh, New Jersey. Oh, okay. Some cousins in uh, obviously New York State, but uh, yeah, so pretty pretty nice. I've been we went there. I can't. It was, it's been a few years now, but. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so this is obviously your first podcast, correct? Yep, my first one. Okay, so as tradition, as always, we kind of ask how you became a Juve fan. Let's get off on a positive note because I'm thinking the rest of this is going to be very fiery. So <laughs> Probably will be. But uh, yeah, so I'd say dating back to 2007, the year that we came back from uh, from Serie B after the whole Galciopoli scandal, uh, I was about... 9, 10. It was right after the World Cup. Uh, I, I have the World Cup as a memory, but I didn't really become a, a passionate fan until the year after. So that's probably one of my biggest regrets is not following Italy as, as closely as I do now when they when they were at their best. But um, yeah, we we had the, uh, the Rai channel on, on TV, and that was just a channel that, that would come on a lot, and Juve games would be on. I would start watching. 
Uh, and I, I didn't come from a family background who were, you know, devoted soccer fans or, or anything, really. We just were Italian, f- supported the culture, but no real soccer fans in the family. So I happened to just go on voluntarily. I was watching the game. Del Piero scored. I don't remember the game exactly, but I just remember seeing a game. And, and every time I, I tuned in, they were on, and it just stuck with me. Yeah, no, that's, that's great to hear. Yeah, I know I'd, a lot of fans uh, obviously were you know, we're drawn to the club, obviously, through Del Piero. I mean, he's my favorite player, hands down. Um, I think he has to be our... I have I have to say, you know, I can't speak for Baggio because I wasn't old enough. Um, I was very, very young, and maybe even too young to even remember anything. I missed the whole the whole 94 World Cup, right? I was one years old, right? So yeah. it's... Obviously, I hate, you hear about the, the missed penalty and stuff like that after. And then, obviously, you look back, obviously, with our legends and seeing who's played, who hasn't. But, you know, for me, Del Piero, yeah, it's, it's, it's number one for me. But, uh, yeah, man, let's, uh, let's get right into it. Um, Not going to be a good one, but let's do it. <laughs> yeah, just one maybe good thing for news. Apparently, the Champions League uh, dates have been slated. Um, basically to exactly what I was talking about on the last podcast. And um, essentially the only thing that's kind of new is they're going to add three players. You can add three players to your uh, roster uh, because obviously Champions League rosters are locked at X amount of players. So that maybe means that Demiral can get back in there because it looks like obviously he was in the lineup but obviously didn't play. Makes sense. Still on the recovery but that gives us some time, you know, going into August to maybe put him back on and then he can get some minutes towards the end because it looks like we're going to need a lot of players, man. <laughs> we're going to need them. But, oh, uh, crazy. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, you know, speaking with the Champions League and, and the roster, I don't know how big of an impact it's even going to be. I feel even if we do get past Lyon, I, I don't know what our chances are to get past the quarters, especially because now we don't have two legs anymore. You know, it's a yep. one-off game, and, and I have no idea how that's going to go. I'm not hopeful. Yeah, I mean, I don't even, like right now, I don't even want to, th- I don't even think we have, that's something to even look forward to. Like after after today, it's like the momentum, really, how does it go? Like you've had two average games, and you've looked good in parts of the games, but you've really shown nothing to us. Yeah, no. And some- really, what what can you expect even looking at a Champions League down the line when you have teams that are, you know, we got to hope now that maybe Lazio gets injuries and stuff like that. And that's kind of why, because if they get on a roll uh, and we're, we're coming up to a, a first, we're going to, obviously I'm going to be previewing that with, uh, and actually it might even be expanded to a couple podcasts now because now I kind of want to look into, you know, get a calm head and maybe get into a bigger dive of what's really going on and what different fans are seeing. I was really going to only do uh, a podcast with two guests on it and just kind of go over what games we're playing and what, but it doesn't look good now. It really doesn't look good. Let's kind of get into the match. Might as well rip the bandaid off. Yeah. But, you know, I started writing notes at the beginning of this game because I didn't want to have to come back and it just seemed like we were getting into the same. We started off a little bit slower Obviously, at the beginning there, we were looking, I, I would say, decent. We are making but making some runs. But then it just, for some reason, 
our pressing was good, but then the decision making just stopped. And it was like too many guys sitting on the ball and just like not knowing. It's like all instincts were like gone. It's like we were brain dead. Like, and I know a lot of people have been getting into it with like Alexandro and like whatever, Danilo, maybe he's not playing good. Alexandro is like right by the defender. If he goes any further on a run, he's offside. Yeah. You know, Ronaldo doesn't give him the ball. And it's happening multiple times. Guys are standing around. Uh, it's it's basically the same we played. The only difference this time was that Dybala actually stayed central and Ronaldo went left, even though in the contrary to what the formation was and saying that he was going to be playing central. So I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Bruno, about how we kind of started off? I, I, it wasn't great. It was kind of a little bit back and forth. Napoli obviously was sitting back, but what are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, no, on I. I think start the first I'd say five to ten minutes was Juve just pressing pressing hard too. I, I thought the pressing game looked very well. We we were keeping him in their half even in their their own eighteen, but again it just wore off. I think we started I would say we started stronger against Milan. We had a, a, a yeah. long period of play, I think, where we dominated and created up until the uh the red card and whole penalty situation. But today I think it it wore out it weared off even quicker. Um I think the whole idea of Napoli sitting so deep and, and so tight between the lines really made it hard. Um, it, and it's no excuse because we've been seeing that all year where, we, you know, the possession game that Sarri likes to play, it just wasn't fitting. It, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't clicking. We weren't able to move the back line. Nothing was happening. And it was just too slow of a tempo to, to try and, and implement that system. So it's the same old. I don't think anything has changed. And, and I don't know. It's just... We're playing into their hands too much. Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny because, like, we're not asking for a lot. Like, when you look at even the little, um, the, the the few chances that Napoli had, they just know where to go. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's not even, like, it's night and day with us. You look at them, they get one chance. Guys are, obviously, they counter. Guys are going they're on their they're on their horse and they're down the field. Then when you're getting close to the box, guys just know. Like guy cuts one way, other guy cuts in behind the defender and he gives them the ball. Like it's that simple and we're just not getting these simple things and you know like I didn't want to get on sorry because it's you know we brought him in with so little time, right? Yeah. He has his way. Whether he's stubborn or not, that's his choice. But at the end of the day, we made the choice to bring in Sari. And that's why everyone's like going to be like, oh, sorry, this. He's got to make the thing. No, he doesn't. He can sit there and say, this is my brand. You guys knew it before, the, before you hired me. Now you got to deal with it. And I, I mean, everyone's just assuming that Sari is like an Allegri. Like, not every coach is, like, pragmatic that just can throw in players. And even to say that, I think a lot of the time Allegri was, you know, he was overhyped, overrated. Like, he makes the change against Spurs with Azamoa and, uh, or it was Licksteiner, I believe, he threw on. And I believe it was Azamoa as well. I mean, Spurs fall asleep for 10 games, we sc- for 10 minutes. We score two goals, and 
it changes the game. It, and everyone thinks it was a brilliant tactical decision. We were in need of a change, though. I, I do. We I, did. I agree with that. I agree 100% with that. But it wasn't like he was pulling like a rabbit out of his hat where literally if you if you look if you look at it and a lot of fans were saying they the whole Spurs team fell asleep we pounce on two goals and then they have no and then they're basically screwed for the rest and then obviously the talk but I just I don't see it you know I, and then a lot of people are saying well if we had Allegri this if we would have had Allegri in these one these one leg games I don't know how he was winning Coppa Italia finals yeah because uh, he was winning Copa Italia if we were winning doubles. And then every time we would go in the Champions League, he need to like lose the first game just so he could he could pick up on what yeah. the other team was doing. It's yeah. not like he could use these. He, it's not like he could use tape. But anyways, I don't want to get too much into Allegri because That's I don't want to talk. Discussion. Like, I, if I have to go reopen that grave, it's going to be like uh, we're going to be spending it for f- about five hours on a podcast. <laughs> but... I find it's, it's literally just simple things where it could work if we were... Ri- so is it something now that the players are not listening to Sari because it, that's what it seems like in a lot of what he's saying, right? But we'll get into that a little bit later. Let's continue on with this game. Um, you know, Bentagor made a pretty nice cross, I would say, in the 30th minute. Uh, obviously, it seemed like we were playing the cross game I don't know if you noticed Which today. We've seen a lot of this season. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that was that was kind of the knock on Allegri last year was all we were doing was just crossing the ball in. Just crossing, no play through the middle, just crosses, crosses, crosses. We've ha- we did have some we, we I think there's a lot of motions where we are. I just I don't know, it seems like we got into a, a mode of uh, individuals. And that's For what sure. it looks like. It looks like it's coming down to. I think that's what it's been all season, to be honest. I don't think they ever, I don't, I don't think they ever completely grasped onto what Saturday's trying to do, and they never, he never won them over. And I think it's all just become, you know, how can the individuals win us this game? How are we going to get out out of what Saturday's put us into? It's just, we're not on the same page. Yeah. And I and I don't think what Saturday is trying to do is necessarily that difficult though of a of a scheme like. To me, it seems pretty simple, you know. Win the ball back as quick as you can with pressing up the field, right? He wants to use whoever's in that quarter, let's say, to win the ball back. And then just tight passing. I think, you know, we showed it in in good spurts during the Milan game. Like, it was like, it looked pretty good. But it's just, and then it was back and forth the whole game. And then Napoli started really pushing it, pushing it on yeah, us. second half, they started pushing hard. And it would be in, in spells where it would be 10, 15 minutes, and then maybe we would get a little bit of a, a pushback, but then it would be back again. And like, like we were discussing before the podcast, you know, a lot of people have got on Buffon saying he's too old, this, that, the other thing. I got to say he's the best player of the game. I mean, if, it, if he doesn't make that save at the last minute there in injury time, it's game right there. You know, and I don't know how the hell he saw that header come in, stopped it, and then it like kind of deflected off of his glove a little bit, and then hit the post. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. But yeah, it was just continue. It was just like the two opposites, like how to do the sorry way properly, and how not to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so think- I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's the the what's going on in practice. I don't know if it's. 
Like if the players just literally just don't care because sorry said it multiple times and I don't know why the guy, and I mean, sure you could say he's covering his ass, but why would a guy say we're doing this in practice and then in the games, it looks like the players have no capacity to understand what the hell's going on. I think it's his, his method of training. And, and this has been a problem I think that I've heard of with his time at Chelsea too. Players did not adapt to his training methods. They didn't like it. Uh, it was a lot of just a lot of no pressure passing patterns and you're playing small sided games within the 18 yard box or just very small quarters. So there's not much of, of competition involved. I think the players get very tired of that very quickly. There's not any sense of urgency. There's no pressure involved. So I think doing that in a training environment with no pressure is completely different to a game when you've got, you know, f- two banks of four just sitting back and absorbing the pressure. So right. I, I just, I don't think they're on board with, with what he's trying to do. I don't think they're adapting to his training methods. And I, I think that's had an impact on, on how they're playing. Now, we look at who was on the lineup. Obviously, Cuadrado slotted in. And, I mean, that, that's pretty much for the game. I mean, then we go into penalties and that was... let's, just, let's just finish that up, actually, before I even get into the formation. We go into penalties. I was laughing the whole shootout, in all honesty. And I was watching, obviously, Juve Therapy's live stream. And my stream, for once... I guess in Canada, this, the the broadcast was ahead, so I knew I was I was watching everything before <laughs> those three were right. So I'm watching. Dybala goes up, bad penalty. I'm not going to defend it. Bad penalty. As soon as that happens, it's like, okay, here we go. Now, now <laughs> we're down. We're down one. Buffon. A lot of some people kind of criticize them for his the way. I mean, at the end of the day, it's pens, pens or pens. You get he guessed right a few times. You know, it's difficult. It's not he an easy. It's not an, it's not an easy job, right? Yeah. Obviously, we expect he's going to be making every save, but you know, like we got to be a little bit realistic with that. I wouldn't blame any of it on. Sure, I mean, he got the palm on one of them. Whatever. Then you got Danilo who comes up next. Doesn't even hit the net. Like, doesn't even hit the net, Bruno. No, I know. And I, I, once I saw that Dybala went first, you knew right away that they're saving Ronaldo for the fifth one. And I thought well, that... I wasn't, even, I wasn't even thinking of that, Bruno. I, see, the thing is, I wasn't even... I was just <laughs> like... When I saw Dybala go first, I'm like, okay, whatever, right? Dybala, probably the best player on the team, I would say, uh, performing-wise. And... I wasn't even thinking about that. And then someone in the chat was like, yeah, he did the same thing with Portugal where he wanted to be the fifth guy. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, you cannot, like, anyways, your thoughts. Yeah, no. I, it's ridiculous. I the first penalty is the most important. So you, you, Ronaldo should be taking that that first one. I mean, it's just... And and another thing, Dybala, if we remember, I'm not not hating on him or anything, but yeah. in these big moments in these shootouts, I mean, the Supercopa against Milan in, what was it, 2015, I think, and we lost that one. It's just, PKs are just not our thing. Yeah, and PKs are, 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 are tough, you know. Again, you could practice all you want, and you got Ronaldo missing one in the game against Milan. Yeah. Probably one of the most prolific scorers. I think at the end of the day, it's like, how does a guy who, like, is it an ego thing? Like, 
was he really thinking that he had to be the last guy to be the hero? Or was he the last guy because he was scared that he was going to miss again? Like, the guy who's making the most money on the team should have no hesitation, like you said, picking up the ball and being the first shooter and setting the tone. I don't know. I don't think it's hesitation. I think it it may be a bit of an ego. But I also think teams... And then Bonucci? (laughs) Oh, yeah, Bonucci. Bonucci third? I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know Nice penalty, though. (laughs) Well, even that one, I was like, I was like, did that one bounce know, out I or got, what? I, I'm like, I know. Because I, I think that would have been game if he yeah. missed that one. So. And then Ramsey took one, which was nice. And I really yeah. wish he had more time to play in that game. I thought he was brought on a little too late. Yeah, I just, I don't think he was fit enough. I know, I know. But so just, I think, it, I think yeah. unfortunately, it just, that's kind of, and you don't want to risk it because if he gets injured and we have all these games coming up. Yeah. And you and then you do win, and you, he does get injured. Then you're kind of like kicking yourself, like shit. This guy now we don't have him, and we we sh- we didn't necessarily need him. Obviously, yeah, I, I think he did well. I didn't mind necessarily the subs today, though. The only thing that I would have done differently is I would have actually started. Let's get into the formation and kind of the substitutes. I think Danilo should have started. He had a great game. Yeah, he against did. Milan. So I think he shouldn't have been not in the lineup. I mean, I guess he didn't look great um, necessarily, but who did really? Uh, I think he should have started at right back. And then when you get into your subs, it's a lot easier to, if let's say you want to put Cuadrado back there for more pace, like it, like there was an injection in the game against Milan, even though it was only, I believe, eight minutes where uh, he came in at the end, so it was not like he had a lot of time. But we were up anyway, so it yeah. didn't matter, right? I I thought the subs were not necessarily horribly thought out because if you look at it, he throws on uh, the first Danilo, one was- Danilo for Costa. So yeah. Costa, Costa didn't really seem like he was getting much done today. Yeah, I you know, he, he, he was trying to make some runs, but it didn't seem like it was... It was there. So that's fine, right? The only thing that that is not okay with that is since you don't have, let's say, a Quadrado on the bench, if, let's say, Danilo was right back, you could have went Quadrado for Costa. A straight And then you're still getting getting the pace, right? And he's fresh, and he's not, like, played 50 or what was it, 66 minutes already at that point. Yeah. So I I think that was tough. So then Quadrado moves up. Danilo obviously goes to the right-back position. Then the next one was Bernadeschi for Pjanic. Now, how he played it was being the Mezzala. So when he first came on, he was making some pretty good runs. but And he was actually showing some good energy, I thought. But again, nothing special, right? Like, it's not... I find it's just not enough. It's like too... Not necessarily lopsided, but guys are making runs when they shouldn't be making runs. Uh, they're not making runs when we have the ball. I caught Pjanic like just standing like at the edge of the box within two feet of. I can't remember if it was Cuadrado or Ronaldo or whoever Costa, and it was just like no movement. Pjanic is having a, war- a horrendous. That's another uh, year. We need two years. Yeah. Um, and make as much money as we can now before teams realize that. He's not good, and then we can't get anything for him. And this is the thing. Like, 
so you we we do that, and then I believe the last substitute was Ramsey, obviously, like you said, for Cuadrado. Um, which makes sense. The guy's tired, and then I believe he pushed into obviously he was one of the obviously midfielders, right? I think yeah, it pushed Bernardeski out wide then. Yeah. And then Bernardeski goes to the right wing and so again, it was not bad because the guys were sliding into positions. I would say they knew. I just don't think it's enough. Like it's not enough. We again, everyone talks about depth, and here we have depth in bodies, but I don't think we have depth in in talent. Not, not where they're going to make an impact <laughs> off the bench. No. So really, then at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You could have you could have five hundred bums on the bench, but it doesn't mean that it's going to do anything for you. Like that's something I find that it's just a. What's happening this year is a culmination of bad decisions throughout the organization that over have kind the years, of that have just well, like, over the years that have just continued to happen. And and that's why I know like I get tired when I hear this. Well, if Ronaldo, if there's the, if the deal's there for Ronaldo, you make it. And it's like, well, no, we were building a project, and I know it gives you the numbers, and I know it gives you the Facebook followers, but you know what? To be quite honest. Facebook followers don't give you dollars, okay? It's not ad revenue we're talking about. Yeah. You might have 40 followers, but how many of those fans are buying Juve store merch or from Adidas, okay? I guarantee you it's not even close to half. Not even close. And who's buying enough to make that impact? Like, I was looking at the numbers, and I, and I went over this with Farouk. The number, we're still behind... And you can say, well, okay, he's not supposed to... He can only do so much as a brand. Yeah, but we're still... Before Ronaldo, we were below all the big... big Make the the Man U's, Barca, Real, Chelsea, Arsenal, all, and Bayern, and Liverpool. All those teams in PSG, Man City. Those teams are still above us. Even with the extended revenue that we've gotten from Adidas and from Jeep and from Allianz we're still behind those clubs, right? So at the end of the day, if you're building a project, right, and you're injecting a player, and this is my, I've been thinking this, you know what, I wanted it to be, I wanted it to work out. I wanted it to have like three, four Champions Leagues out of this bringing in Ronaldo. But to me, I just don't see, it's like we're trying to, we're trying to force a circle into a square or vice versa, a square peg into a circular hole. Like, what Ronaldo is used to, we cannot provide for him. We, that's what we don't, and we get rid of guys, so we get rid of Manzukic. Well, that's the thing. Who would have worked, and then it's because, but the, the thing is, is his salary, the costs do not go away because we can sprinkle a little dust, and like, you know, you still have to, uh, be under financial fair play and that's just the reality of of the game we were making enough money before to say that we could bring in a player of this price tag i told i said that i've said the numbers multiple times the net gain of ronaldo was really only five percent because re- obviously revenues went up costs also went up Right. So the difference between those two, I think it was 24% revenue went up and 19% cost went up and that was in 18-19. So that would have been his first year was 5%. That's not enough. That really isn't enough. Would you? And I honestly, speaking right now, I don't see a good cohesion in the team. 
I think he he's thinking that he has to play like Real Madrid, and he thinks that someone's going to get... And I mean, no respect to, to Ronaldo. I think he's a fantastic player, but... I think a lot of it, he, a lot of his other teammates didn't get the respect that they deserved. Um, Real Madrid built a team that was a juggernaut, but it was built well. They had an amazing midfield. They had amazing wingers. Defense was solid. Keeper was solid. So really, it, it all came together, right? And then you have this deadly striker. But he did get a lot of help from Benzema. And I know a lot of Ronaldo fans don't want to admit that, but that's just the facts. Oh, no, the, I agree. A player like that was really helping him. And we don't have that kind of player that's going to put the ball right on his foot so he can tap it in or have that play to hold up the ball. Where And who knows? Maybe if Iguain, maybe we'll start looking better if Iguain comes back into it. I don't know. But right now, with the lineup we have now, it's not working. And oh, go for it. Some people are saying four four two. I'm sorry to cut you off, man. It's no, just like good. it's some people are saying four four two. Now, for me, what I when I see a four four two, I think of that as a defensive formation, of not defensive in the in the sense that you don't attack. I'm saying defensive is that's what you you sit back in a four four two when you defend, or even a four five one, if you if you if you want when you're obviously in your own defensive half. Right. Four four two. You need it, but you then you you also like the things. We look at a four four two, and the pieces need to fit perfectly, right? You look at a team like Real that Real Madrid, that same team. They would always play four four two, always play four four two, but they had the players, right? When you have Cruz, Casemiro, and Modric yeah. in their prime. <laughs> As your midfielder, that means a lot. That's a heavy weight. Yeah, okay? no, sure. It's not like Pjanic who's underperforming, Matuidi who has is a workhorse but has no finesse, no touch, no technical really skills, and Bentegur. Yeah, okay, he's been playing really well, but uh, you can't put in. Who are you gonna put in? They had guys like Vasquez and. Uh, the other guy that went to Real Madrid. They had lots of players they could plug in. Asensio. I mean, yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. So it's literally they had a, an all-star team. And that's why I find it's like, oh, well, we can just build this team when really we're keeping these guys on inflated wages. And you're paying Kadir uh, $6 million who really can't run worth. Maybe he can move in the attacking end, but really he has no benefit in the defensive end at all. And you need your team to be working like a unit. All these teams that are winning, and I've said this multiple times, all the teams that win are have been there for a while and have built a squad. You look at Liverpool, it took Liverpool four years to get it. And some fortunate, some teams playing like crap that year. Like if you look at uh, Real Madrid losing to Ajax, okay, that's one big piece knocked off. Plus they don't have Ronaldo that year. And, uh, you know, Barcelona really hasn't, has kind of been lacking the past few years. So, you know, the cards kind of fell into their, uh, their lap, so to speak. Yeah. But they've also believed in a style of counterattacking football. And they have the right players up front. You know, they have the right players in each. And they're like, oh, well, you don't need the midfield. But we're not playing a counterattacking football. That's, that's what I don't know. That's. Like, right. that's the, the equation that I've been trying to make. Like, everyone's saying, well, yeah, look, they have Henderson, Wijnaldum, 
some other guys in the midfield that can slot in, but they're not playing the same style, right? They're not playing tiki-taka. If you take away uh, Javi and Iniesta from Barcelona and you put in Kadira and Pjanic, they're not gonna, what titles are they going to win? I'm sorry, they're not winning the same time. They're not looking as good as they did if you take those two guys out. So sure. you, you really, you need to build the right team. I found the organization completely stopped that once they bought Ronaldo. It was, com- it was turned into this win it now mode, but like win it now, except if we have to balance the books mode. And it's really been that we've been like balancing and like trying to fit pieces for the past, I would say three years. You know, look at all, yeah. Look at all the guys we've had to lose or move on from because uh, we've had to balance books. And somehow we can think that it's going to be like, somehow we're going to be getting better. That's why for me, the sorry issue is really only temporary for me. You know, like it's really, it's like a, it's a really small piece of the problem to the whole bigger pr- picture that's crumbling as er, already as it is. You're making it sound like Milan, man. Oh my God. No, it's not, a, it's not that bad, but my <laughs> no, point is when, when you, when you take for granted for four years and everyone likes to say like it was the toughest Serie A's we were winning. It wasn't the toughest Serie A's guys. Like, yeah, let's that, be honest with them. I don't like because we, were, we came from 12th place to still win the Scudetto. That just shows you that we can walk over this league whenever we want it for that many years. That's the one issue is that we got lucky with our little hiccups and however, whatever way we managed the club, I think we were able to afford to make a couple more mistakes just because the level of, of teams and the, the depth that teams had was not anywhere near what we were at. And still now, even, even though we're struggling, Lazio and Inted, I think, just they have a strong 11. But after that, I, it doesn't go much exactly. further than that. Yeah. So, I mean, and the whole the whole thing about, you know, the revenues and things like that, I think after Ronaldo, you just have to be smart with who you're trying to buy. You can't you like it's great to have a free agent like like we like like we like to get every year, but you can't go and then put them on on five million, six million a year like we're doing with Rabio, who is just a waste. Well, he m- more than that. More than he's well, on. Yeah, like, he's like nine on, and a half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's crazy. But it's crazy. It's just, uh, insane like it's great that we're able to make the 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 plus valenza afterwards and, and make the profit on some of these like we did with with Pogba, with coman but you know these everybody players, yeah <laughs> every, pretty much everybody but the players sitting on these salaries if, if we're not going to use them and, and we're not taking advantage of them what's the point if we can use that money to get something that's that's more useful well and again like i said to, to restate the take for granted We've been doing this for so long that we just think, oh, well, we can get the bargain buy, we can get the bargain buys every year. Yeah, and then not necessarily looking at these players. Again, a lot of guys made up a great made great points after this. Marotta losing Marotta was a real, and he didn't want Ronaldo. He's clearly stated that that is not a, at this point in time is not a smart financial move, and I gotta agree with the guy. I mean, you look at what he's doing. Everybody's making fun of Merida right now, which is fine. That's no problem. But they're building, like they're stacking that midfield with talent. That might not, it might not work this year. Maybe even might not work. But in the future, they're going to get it right. You know, they're getting quality pieces that they're building upon. And really, if when I look at that team, the only thing that's really garbage on that team... The fullbacks. Is the fullback, exactly. Yeah. So 
really they solve that problem and that's going to cause us even more problems in the down the line in the future so i think we took for granted a lot of these years instead of you know being smart and just keep with that workers mentality keep building keep building honestly if i could redo it i don't think i would have brought ronaldo i think we would be way further if we would have built if we would have taken that 100 whatever million 10 million 105 whatever it works out to be and we would have bought let's say a delict or and then imp improve the midfield, got rid of some dead weights that we didn't need, we would have, I guarantee we would win a, I guarantee we probably would have won a Champions League by now. And maybe not necessarily get rid of Paul. Like, I mean, you get rid of all these P, it's, it's tough. It's really tough to win when you don't build on solid foundations. And that's just the common thread that I've seen through all of these teams that win. Is, yeah, no, we, we throw... Whenever we have a good chance of whatever, whether if it's just building a team or getting to a final, we just somehow we managed to just throw it away. Like last summer, yeah. I, I still don't understand why we made that swap between Cancelo and Danilo. That was a position that we were completely covered with. We didn't have to worry about it. Right. And now we've created a whole other liability that just com- could have been completely avoided. It's just the decision. Well, see, it- the thing it. is, I don't think. If if Allegri was not getting along with uh, with uh, Cancelo, and he didn't think it was going to work, but then they realized that they're not going to bring him back, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So again, it's a plus Valenza play, and we go in this plus Valenza merry-go-round, and it keeps going around, and it, and the circle keeps going because we have to keep making it happen. And look, we were at minus fifty million. Okay, net loss. That's overall. Yeah. Right. I'm not talking about uh, what our uh, revenue or what our costs were. I'm talking about the overall book was minus 50. You couldn't have that. So we almost got lucky, let's say, with COVID because if they were going to play the same rules with financial fair play, we were trending on the down. Right. And if, let's say, you know, we loot, we, we get knocked out to Lyon, well, they're. We're for sure going into the negative. Um, What's that but, extra money that you get for the quarterfinals again? Is it? I, I always forget what that that number. I don't. Is. Th- I don't think it would have even mattered, because it's more of the TV revenue that you're getting your money from, right? The further you go, the bigger chunk of that TV pie you you get. Well, yeah. So, like what what would that have been? Oh, uh, again, I don't want to. I don't want to just throw numbers around. But it would I would have enough. to look into it. Yeah. But it yeah. would have. It would have been enough. You know, the further you go, we could almost make up to over. If we would have got to, let's say, a final, you're making over a hundred million, right? Right. So, I think we just we need to. I think what we need to do is relax. Like the the they really have to to figure their shit out, or we need to move on from all these guys. I think so many people are so happy with this it's okay mentality, we're winning mentality. I would really like to hear the opinions of people if a lot of those Scudetti, if we didn't win eight Scudetti in a row and they were closer than we actually thought they were. That's my point. If we were actually, if we didn't win eight in a row and other teams actually had the balls to win these Scudetti, like Napoli and Roma at times, I would like to hear what your what other people's opinions are about, oh, how safe we are. Because the only reason we act safe is because we have the trophy in our hands. If we didn't have the trophy in our hands, 
people would be going, but this would have been way earlier. People would have been going back and forth on social media about this. That's the thing. You're not kept account. You're not held accountable. And then we have this like fair weather. Uh, oh, well, the Champions League is all about luck. And, oh, we had a tough draw this year. That's what people were saying, right? Like we lose 2 nothing to Atletico. And people were saying, oh, well, we had the toughest draw. There's yeah. no account of it. There's no accountability. That game was on Allegri. That first, that first leg was complete. No, no, but but people were saying. No, no, that, I know. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, they were saying, oh well, you know, this year we had the. It was a tough draw. We got unlucky, and it is what it is. No, what do you mean? It is what it is. Yeah, no. You know, like Even... Real Madrid every year does not go into it saying, oh well, you know, guys, we got Juventus in the in the group stages, so, oh well, it might not be a great year. People are genuinely pissed off if if a campaign goes to, and even if they go on to win the league, if they if a campaign goes on a goes awry in the Champions League, someone's head is on the chopping block. Whether that be the coach, even they've won the Champions League and Ancelotti gets fired, like that's the Juve. Like they're talking about this business attitude, but no one wants to act ruthless, you know. They only do, they like to cherry pick when we can pick on Dybala over a summer because we want to make a lot of money. We can do that. But when it comes to everyone else, we all act like sheep with our, some of these players and how we give them money. And But we're a brand. We're a business, guys. We're doing this because we have, like, we're gonna, if we're going to lose finals anyway and keep the tradition, keep the fans there, I would rather have that because we're losing finals anyways and we're looking like shit with this so-called brand that everyone's talking about, yeah. you know, uh, to me, Agnelli, I thought the world of the guy, he's done amazing for 10 years, but I think he's, re- you know what? I almost think that he saw this as a cash cow opportunity. And I'm going to say it again. The guy, he had everything. He had the name, he had the history, he had the brand, and it was oh so perfect for him to step in in the the years before we kicked this thing all off and to build the stadium, to get the revenue coming in, to have his brand on it. Look, the guy's pushed the Super League so many times. The guy said certain teams don't belong, this, that, and the other thing. I don't know. To me, a guy who... And like I said, again, I have res- the the people when people talk about the whole Allegri thing, right? We'll get into it a little bit briefly with that because I think he was kind of a key factor of why he didn't want to get rid of him. You know, it was a money thing. They were even looking at Allegri's salary as one of the reasons why we couldn't get rid of him because we would have to continue to pay him out for the next two right. years. Yeah. Like, you, how is that? How do you run a business that way? You know what I'm saying? And I know you got to balance things, but if you see the train is going off the tracks, does it really matter if it's going to cost you an extra $7 million up front if you know you can get someone, let's say like a Guardiola or whoever you're thinking at the time? But that's the issue. Who are we going to get last summer when, when like, other than Saturday, there wasn't, I'm, the only one that I, that, that was free, or actually he wasn't free, but I wanted was Pochettino, but he was still employed with Spurs. I agree. That, was, that was before everything went south with him, but... You know, when when the whole thing with Allegri happened and, and it was announced that he was he was leaving, there wasn't much of a pot to pick from. So I almost feel like we were better off just keeping it. I mean, how much worse can it have been? I don't think it would have been worse than what it is now. I, I got to disagree on that. I think we would have been 
even worse position. I really now? would. You really oh, think yeah. so? Oh, yeah. I know the because other train was going down, but I just... I don't I think don't we know. could have him for another year. I, I think if we had Allegri for another year, we're like, players le- are leaving. I do think... I, I'm not saying it wasn't time for... I do think it was time for him to go. Yeah. But no, given... For me, I'll just say this. I didn't necessarily before, before, I didn't necessarily respect Sari coming coming in. I didn't necessarily, but I said, you know what? I don't want to deal with all the shit that happened last year on Twitter. I'm gonna support the coach as far as we can go. Yeah. Twitter got um, all I wanna say is this I didn't want Sari to be his coach. I would have rather preferred Conte. I think we needed more of a motivational change in the dressing room and a kick in the ass. And like I said today, the players literally needed an actual fire put under their ass to move today. Um, And that's all it was. That's all that I saw was the problem. Tactics, I believe, only go so far. You look at everyone was praising Zidane about, oh, how well he's getting this team. He had an all-star team, okay? Let's let's, Let's put that out there that had been playing for four years. So I know he won three champions season or and everyone wanted Zidane. I didn't think we needed to go that far. We needed someone who could motivate and someone, you know, even like a Gasparini. But again, Gasparini, people say, oh, like Italians do usually. They make up all these excuses why everything is not going. Oh, he's not ready. Uh, look at what happened with Merda, this, blah, blah, blah. We need to have faith. Just like in our young players that we don't have faith. We need to ch- break the mold. And I found we tried to like do it the old way and then try and do like we wanted Sari's. We wanted Sari to come in with his magic wand and be like, okay, yeah. tiki taka, make it happen. <laughs> and that Which, just doesn't, that doesn't work. It does not work. And the amount of time they gave him was one, I thought, um, unbelievably stupid when they signed him, obviously, in June. And when they ri- literally, like, to be honest, if they knew they were getting ri- rid of Allegri, that should have happened a lot earlier. Get in a guy, start working with the players, and see who he wants, who he doesn't. But again, they told Sari, this is who you have. And we're, we're going to state this again, but if you're the management and you know how a guy coaches, you've seen him coach in Napoli, you've seen him coach in uh, Chelsea. Chelsea. You know how he is. You know he's stubborn. You know he's not like Allegri and he's pragmatic. He might tell you to your face, yeah, I can do it with these players. But you are the management. That's what you get paid for. Okay? So to everyone's like this shock that like Allegri, he can't, sorry, can't play like Allegri. It just, it kills me when I hear this because it's like, who said he could play like Allegri? Who's assuming, and everyone's saying, oh, well, well, he's a coach. He's got to be world class. Yeah, but not, not everybody's at the same level. Not everybody can switch as, as much as everyone wants to say that. Uh, maybe he isn't a world class coach. Sorry, okay? That's, that's maybe what we're learning. He's not the world class. He's in his own style. When it works, it looks brilliant. When it doesn't, it doesn't look brilliant. It looks, looks like trash. Yeah. And if the players aren't on board, it looks like what we saw today. And yeah, that's, that's my only thing. I take this to heart more of the management and just a warning. If they, well, I mean, again, 
uh, like certain people like to say online, what all this shit we like to say doesn't mean fuck all. But at the end of the day, literally, if they get this wrong, this is on all three, Paratici, Agnelli, and Nedved. If we don't win the Scudetto this year, I want all three to resign. And I'm just saying that now. I've thought about this for pretty much all summer. This is the make or break. They knew what they were getting into. They should know that we've been looking for a midfield and that our midfield was not going to work with Sarri's system. They should know that. And to me, it relies on them. And then you look at the players, they just, there's no passion. And that's why we needed the change with Allegri because there was no passion anymore. There was no motivation. And it seems like it's seeping over now into this year. You have Ronaldo walking. Doesn't seem like, you know, everyone's saying Mr. Champions League this, Mr. Champions League that. You know, where's the attitude? You know, where is the attitude? And I just I just see there's too much walking. There's too much. It's, it's not, I don't know. It's, he's a, too much accustomed to the Real Madrid style. And it's I find that that's not what we need. And again, it comes back to management. They did it for the brand. Technically, it's made our our decision. If you look at all the, when you look at every talk, right, about all these formations, who are we going to play? It's always about who, where Cristiano's got to be. We got to put him in the perfect spot. He can do whatever he wants. He doesn't have to come back and help out at all. You know, I've seen the guy in a game where we were down a man sit at center circle for the whole rest of the second half down a man and i'm pretty sure we were losing that game if i if i remember correctly sitting at how are we supposed to get down a man how are you supposed to get a ball out how are you supposed to get it's just i don't know what it is and i wanted it to work honestly right now if we can make money off the guy i have no problem getting rid of him from what i've seen now because i don't see if psg's been talking Chelsea's been talking. Manu always wants, probably has no problem bringing him back. But if there's a big enough offer, if we're talking like they want to make some deal where even we could bring in Pogba for Ronaldo or bring in like Mbappe for Ronaldo, I'm making that deal no hesitation. I'm not even look, just sign. Give me the give me the contracts for sure. I just I don't think I don't think PSG would be that stupid to make a deal like that though. I, I don't oh, you think don't it, know. You don't know because you don't those know. Guys, those guys are money. Those guys. Those guys love that green too. But they wouldn't. They wouldn't make a straight swap and or, or a swap in cash. Maybe not. With a player, like with a player like Mbappe, I think it'd be way more difficult. But that'll be so tough. You, but so you're you're that's a bold take. You're 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 ready to offload him if we can. Oh yeah, no hesitation. No hesitation. I've I've seen and it's and I think it's going to work out better for Cristiano as well. I, I don't think it's not necessarily a one-way street in this. I don't think he's he's up to standard, and I don't think Juve's given him enough to standard of what we need to to have a team. We're trying to play a Barcelona style with a guy that plays has never really played in that style. He, he's he, he's not a triangulating player, like you know what I mean. He's not quick pass. He's not a quick. He's not like a Messi. No, like yeah. if we. 
if we had Messi, I think he would slot in a lot better into what we're trying to do than Ronaldo. Not saying, and again, I'm not saying Messi's better player than Ronaldo. Don't get that. Don't get that twisted, all you uh, Ronaldo fans online that are listening to this. He is. Uh, don't worry about it. Messi's a better one. <laughs> honestly, I've never given a, sh- a rat's ass about that whole conversation. You have this whole war on t- on Twitter about two players that, to, to me, Del Piero's the goat. I don't even. I don't even consider. Uh, Oof. I don't even consider Messi and Ronaldo, but anyways, that's a hot take. But <laughs> yeah, it's honestly, I think it's time. I think it's perfect time. I think we need to really, because I think it's only going to get worse. Because look at yeah. look at this year, right? Look at the money this year. We're talking about all these things. We want Arthur, who doesn't want to come. Yeah, we want we want Jorginho in because of sorry, but then maybe Sarri's not going to be there after this year or Sarri's not going to be there here in two years. So why are we going to bring in Jorginho if we're only playing, you know? So that's why I think we, if we wanted to go to this role, we should have waited till the next era, if you want to call it that. If you wanted to play attractive football, it shouldn't have been brought in this year. And I think right now, I don't know what's going to, I don't know what's going to happen. What's going to be obviously the telling sign for me is the next game against Bologna. I believe it's Bologna, correct? I, yeah, I was. Yeah, it's Bologna. I was looking at our next five games. We've got Bologna. Uh, I don't remember in order, but we've got Bologna, Genoa, Torino, Lecce, Lecce second, Lecce, and Genoa, uh, Genoa, Torino, Torino, and then Milan. Right. I think Bologna is probably up there as one or two of the toughest games that we're going to have ahead. Well, Gen- Gen- Genoa too, because when we play Genoa, we, they yeah, always give us a tough time too. Yeah, but so. I, I just <laughs> think we don't. We're, it's not the Juventus anymore. Where even under Allegri, you know, the, the last couple of years where we were flat, there's no reaction anymore. Like yeah. not even from the Napoli game. Even though we went or the Milan game, I'm sorry. Even though we went through, we weren't playing well. Like I, you still right. expect something a little bit better today. We went two games without a goal for the first time I think since 2015. That's yeah, it's unbelievable. So I, I don't know what to expect from this Bologna game. To be honest, are we home? Are we in? Not that it really matters, but at this point, because we've got no fans. But we are. Let me just have a quick look here. I believe we are. Oh no, we're in Bologna. I, I don't know, man. I, that's another. That's one to look out for. I, I'm not saying we're going to lose, but I don't. Well, think I, I think we points. we really need to see a good showing. Like I don't we think need. Built. That's the thing. Like if the, if that's where, and then even Lecce, we tied Lecce one one. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to be playing at home, but again, doesn't necessarily this shit doesn't really matter. Yeah. But we played Lecce to a one one draw in uh, obviously in the south there. But this is uh, it's not looking good. I wanted these two games, two wins, so that we could get the momentum rolling. Like that's what I wanted. Like I, yeah. I was on all of the like pretty much the previous podcast we were talking about, you know, we need to get this momentum rolling because this is going to be key. Now there's more doubts than anything. We got people calling for Saudi out. We got people talking about players, this, who wants it, who doesn't want to play, who I've heard someone say uh, pretty much the only uh, two is Delict and, and, and Dybala that they want on the team left. Which is a bit of a stretch, but... Right, I mean, but it's like, there's a lot to, it's, there's a lot to answer. And, you know, I, I, I was watching on Rye at the end there, and... Yeah, me too. Quadrado's ask, answering the questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, 
<laughs> what like what do we get? And I mean, maybe that wasn't the only interview. Obviously, there's the post game presser, but it's just like I'm just looking at the guy and I'm like, this is not the guy you got to be asking yeah, the questions. Yeah, I know. Right? Can't take him seriously. Like, what's he gonna say to you? Like, what are you gonna get out of the guy? What, who requested him? It was probably a team thing. It was probably the team that was like, yeah, we got to put in. Uh, just throw all Cordarado. You know what I couldn't stand to when I saw Agnelli giving Napoli the, the medals. I hate. I, 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 why? Why? Why is that something that we have to do? Why are we stepping down to them? And and I, I don't understand why we're letting people step over us all of a sudden. And to speak of you know Agnelli and like him and Nedved are talking on the sideline. I see, and I'm just like, are you like? pissed off like do you want to show a little bit of a like you guys are talking pretty cordially there and it's just like i don't see any fire and i almost think that ronaldo after these games should have been subbed like i would have almost rather him get a message sent that way than just leaving it be as what we've been doing let him play the whole game it is what it is i think he had two of his worst games i said for ratings i don't know how you're gonna rate Buffon probably a ten, the rest of the players fours, and Ronaldo a one. That that's my ranking. That is my ranking for the whole you, for for the whole game. You want to go it? through them one by one, or? Well, you go ahead. Like I said, for me, Buffon ten. <laughs> Every other bum is a four, and Ronaldo's got a one. <laughs> but anyways, we can go. What what? How did you think about what about the defense? So what would you give? Obviously, Delic Bonucci. Um, Quadrado and uh, Alexandro. I thought overall the, the back line didn't seem bad as a collective. Individually, uh, Delict I thought was solid. I didn't see anything really bad from him. Uh, I, I guess out of 10, uh, a 6 5. I mean, it right. wasn't great, it wasn't perfect. I would probably say the same for Bonucci, maybe a 6. Um, Quadrado, considering you know the sloppiness and, and clumsiness of that that he's known for i didn't think he was terrible he he offered something going forward so again i would give him probably a average you know six alexandro i thought he's starting to get back to his old self right. i think it's a prime example of why we need a left back who can be an understudy to him throughout the season where he doesn't have to play every minute of every game because that guy was drained before COVID happened and and we saw that even not even just this season but last season as well so right He's, he was getting better. I'd give him a 6-5. The midfield, Bionich, what's Bionich offering? I'd give him probably a 4. Uh, ben Tankud was a bit quieter today, but right. still 5, 5 maybe. Who was the other one? Uh, Matuidi. Yeah, average 6. The front line, the, the front 3. Costa, I thought today was a bit quieter than he was against Milan. I think he was right. still trying to get things going, but wasn't his usual self. self. Ronaldo and Dybala just... I honestly think... Just to go off the ratings a little bit, I think we played better when we played the uh, the four three one two. I don't know who you're gonna slot in the the trequartista role. I think that's a bit of a question mark, but I think having Ronaldo and Dybala play closer together up top was a bit of a better system pl- to play. Right. And I mean, if if it's at the expense of dropping Costa, then maybe so be it. Um, but who knows? It's early early days. Ronaldo too, if we keep in mind, he does start off. Rusty, a little rough. I mean, he didn't right. even the season, and then he went on, you know, whatever that eleven-game streak was of scoring. I think we just need to give him a little bit more time, and that's maybe something you'll disagree with. But we've got a hundred million-dollar player, whatever, however much he was. You got to play him. You got to just give him his time. 
let him do his thing. He'll figure it out. I, I just think we got to be patient with him. I don't. I'm not saying we're gonna we're gonna win anything. I don't. I, I think Lazio's probably gonna pick up momentum if we keep up this way. But we just got to let Ronaldo breathe a little bit, give him the time he needs, and I think he'll because he's already at 21 goals. He's already matched what he hit last season. Well, 25 actually. In the Serie A, though, I think it's 20. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so. total. That's that's not a bad total. No, no. Like to me, more it's just blowing off steam now, right? Like, yeah. Again, we're gonna look back and then see what happens. But like at the end of the day, it just you see certain things he's doing on the pitch. I just I don't think it works. I agree. It's probably better in that four three one two where you maybe put DiBala in behind, but you put Iguain, but then we don't have Iguain, right? Yeah, so I know. That, that's the thing. So. It all circle that. That's why I say it's such a hard, it's such a hard uh, topic when when talking about Juve because everything's intertwined that we do. Yep. You know, you got to look up the fuck ups we made in the mercato, the fuck ups we made with contracts, the different uh, players that are injured at the time, the injury prone players that we also pick up. It's like the everything is so intertwined that every decision, like I've always said, you know whether it's hockey, whether it's soccer, football, baseball, whatever, your decisions that you make are so key to anything that goes on with the club. I mean, actually, you know, and then again, Alexandro, I was getting into it with Al about Alexandro, and he doesn't think he really offers. And then I'm looking in the game, and he's doing not bad. He's trying to make runs. But like I said, if he makes the run, he goes offside because we're just not quick enough. So I think, like... Can you really blame the guy for something like that? For in a position that is so difficult to find good players. I mean, we can say, sure, Telas would have been Telas would have been great for twenty five million, That's but really, steal. would he? It is, but then you, you fit him into the team, and is it was it that he had a really good season at Porto? Sure, we could have said that said said the same thing about Alexandro, right? He played for Porto as well. Yeah. Again, it's diff. It's difficult to tell. No, I agree. I still think he's he's the man for the, for the job. I don't and then let, and let's say you do pick up Telles, then is he the backup or are you getting rid of Alex? So it's like then we're in the same predicament, right? It's we just need to bring back Luca Pellegrini. I think do he we can't send him back out on loan. I think if we're I don't get... I don't see him. <laughs> you don't like him? No, no, I don't see it happening. You think we're I, gonna? I we're gonna get rid of him. And I've talked about this with why. multiple. I've talked about this with multiple, but he's not going to see the, the the only time you're going to see him with the jersey is when he held the jersey up yes. with, the, with the press conference. That's it, because that's our new style, and that's another reason why I think we just let's get everything back in line with the books. You know, if we gotta take a little bit of a step back, let's do that. DiBala, who the play, I believe is the player we should be building around, is still young. So even if you take a season kind of off, you offload Ronaldo and stuff like that. Maybe not. Maybe not next season. Maybe the year after. We'll see how it goes. We'll see what the offers are. But the more you wait, the less money you're gonna get. You're gonna the, you're gonna recoup. So that's another thing. Um, but yeah, it's so difficult. You know, right back. We need to get that shirt shirt that, up. Such a frustrating decision last summer. That right back. <laughs> I, I oh my god. Like and then you get you get rid of. Leonardo Spinazzola, and he's good in that position. I know. And you do it because you need to make the money, and it's just, like, it's frustrating as fuck. Like, honestly, 
I don't so know. If you're, if you're Paratici, Agnelli, Nedved, whatever, whoever's you know going to be doing the the decisions this summer, what are what are you doing? What's your priority? Like to be honest, like I think they're just balancing the books. I don't think I think it's going to be really inactive. I really do. I would love to say we're going to get Pogba. I would love to say we're going to get Milinkovic Savic. I would love to say we're going to get all these mids, but I really think it's going to be, so it's, they're probably going to beg Barcelona to get rid of Arthur and it's probably going to happen. I really see that happening. Or if Chelsea maybe what works a, a deal with, we're probably going to pick up Milik because now, oh we my God, we, because now we think we need a striker. Probably Iguain will go. Well, we do um, need a striker, but for 50 million, we could have gotten Timo Werner. Well, exactly. But I, so mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know if they're going to work the, um, and it's just so bad. Like our dealings are so bad now. It seems like no, it is. Berardi is is not doing a good enough job, and it's just you have to you got to wake up and smell the roses. Whether you if you don't like people that just be like, oh, whatever, whatever the club does. Like you know, we're spending the time, we're spending our money, we're spending all this cheering. We expect a certain level, and if they don't, if fans think that that's not acceptable behavior, well. I disagree wholeheartedly. You know, we're the only reason why Juventus exists. Right. No other reason. If you go call another team uh, Torino black and white and all the Juve fans go over there, what is Juventus at the end of the day? Nothing. A symbol and a, and a bunch of money behind it. So at the end of the day, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting, Bruno. It's this season is just it took a turn that I did that I saw possibly could happen, but I really didn't really really didn't want to go down this road. I, I really don't, and I mean I still have like I said, like we were talking about it before they logged off on that uh, live stream. You know I'm always gonna have hope for this team, but you just you look ahead. You like you said, you look at the matches coming up. It's not going to be easy. It is not, not going to be easy. An interesting stat, actually. I'm just looking at uh, Twitter right now just to kind of, you know, maybe get things back on the rails a little bit. Um, guy, uh, again, just to guy, let you guys know, I really couldn't write out notes for this game. I was telling Bruno before. Um, I think we just wanted to just, you know, let let it out, let all the emotions out, let my emotions all out, and just just go with it and see where it takes us. But um, apparently, Matthias Delic did not misplace a single ball in the final, and he won the possession more than any other player. I think six times it says here. So he had a good game. Like I said, it wasn't all bad in in the Milan game. It wasn't all bad. It just you need a certain level. You need to play at a certain level to be winning these games, right? Yeah, no, I don't think we played bad today. We just didn't do enough to to take advantage of anything. It just it just seemed like we were just going through the motions and we weren't yeah. there trying to take the initiative. Yeah, and really, just looks like so. Let's see, um, let's see some quotes on. Uh, oh. Just wanted to see some post match quotes. So Cuadrado said. We took the field with conviction to win, but it was difficult to find the spaces. We have to move forward. There will be regrets, regrets, but we are a great team. And I mean, like I said earlier, I don't know why they sent them all. You're kind of going to get your generic answers. Not to say that his Italian isn't great, but, you know, it's kind of a generic football mental, footballer's mentality, what you're going to say after a loss, right? Yeah. But And then, you know, everyone was laughing about before the game, well, 
sorry is not going to be uh yeah he's going to be he's going to be sleeping yeah. any other way either way so let's get into what he said so first take uh, there's disappointment for the club and for the fans with our current condition and injuries. We cannot now express more. We lack brilliance. The team is built on individuality, and now we struggle. So it's almost like, and I, and I tweeted at someone, and he's like, you know, this sounds very familiar. And I'm like, oh, so is uh, is it Allegri under that sorry mask? Because, you know, that's a lot I found last year. We are, yeah, last year we were basically just trying to individually will ourselves to win games you know and like Ronaldo was performing obviously he had the great performance and let it go in the second leg and then I believe he scored a couple goals against Ajax but still it was you know we were needing these like either Dybala getting subbed on or individual brilliance you know you look at this year with uh with Douglas Costa uh, when we played Lokomotiv Moscow I mean he made that yeah. makes that run wins us the mm-hmm. game so it's, I'm telling you, it just in, I don't think, and this crazy. was even with Chelsea. Sarri didn't have the impact that they were looking for. I mean, Sarri was was managing Chelsea where Hazard was the man of the sh- the, the star of the show and right. easily their best player. He carried them to that Europa League final. If that and if that was any uh, bait as to why we went after Sarri, I think that was really stupid because he literally did not have the impact that maybe they thought he had. And it's carried over here. I don't think we're really playing anything near what Sarribal or what Sarrissimo looks like. We just have individuals that are, you know, able to do what they have to do in a, in a certain situation. And even that is a stretch at times. So, yeah. And then, um, you know, next quote, I think of Rome was with players' characteristics. We have players who want the ball on, accustomed to individual dribbling. So exactly to your point, right? It's pretty much a common thread. Um, Next quote. If you think after three months of stop, you should be bright and great, you're mistaken. And from now on, there will also be the heat. You'll see many deflated teams. I mean, sure, that's a point. But, I mean... He normalizes this so much. Like, he normalizes... If that's the case, just stop the season. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And I, and I get people's points. Like, don't I'm not trying to under I'm not trying to understate what anyone's saying. Like, I get what you mean when you're saying he's a coach and he should be doing this and that. But I just think, you know, if the guy wasn't the right guy, and you you're really you're singing to the choir, anyways. If he wasn't the right guy to begin with, it's, it's like all giving each other high fives when we knew the answer already. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. what are we what are we celebrating what we know because we already knew it. Right. So. Uh, but obviously you have hope for your team and for what he can do and maybe he can change, but it just doesn't look like that's going to happen. I mean, I can only, at the beginning, I go, I, and even now, I can only defend the guy so much, you know? It's getting hard, but man. <laughs> it's like, what can you do? Yeah. And that was the same thing with Allegri. If, like, you know, th- that's kind of why I got into it with Allegri is because, like, like, at some point, everybody's got to wake up and smell the roses, right? Like, you got to wake up. Yeah. As much as you want to paint it as, oh, well, we weren't lucky in this, you know what I mean? Like, it is what it is. So um, let's get into the next one. What did I say to the boys? I didn't say anything to the players. We were all very angry and disappointed. I think it's better to be silent right now. We will talk about it tomorrow. So, yeah, I don't know if you saw on the telecast, um, he was, it almost seemed like he was trying to pump up the team or something. I don't know. He was like yelling. 
when everyone was in a group. I don't know if you saw that. I don't know if I saw. Was this when was this before the? This was like uh, right before the pe- the penalties. The and I'm like, I'm I like what is he going on about? It's like this is kind of not really the. T- I mean, sure. I mean, you can kind of give a motivational speech, but it's like Saturday's not a motivator. <laughs> it was weird. I was like, oh shit, maybe he's gotten put in a fire, but. <laughs> So, what did he say? What else has he said? Um, I saw Ronaldo like all the others. He lacks brilliance like Dybala and Douglas Costa. Now it can happen. It's normal. I'm angry and disappointed. The boys, too. Uh, again, some, again, with these clips, obviously, the translation is the translation. So, again, don't don't at me if, I, if, if it was come out, if it came out in a mistake, obviously, on my part, or whoever posted these online, but um, let's see. What else has he got? Today we made different choices than usual, pressing less high to have a better grip at a distance. We played the game with good levels of application at this moment. However, we lack brilliance to make a difference. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, the guy's looking at the same. I'm pretty, he's watching the same match we are. It's just he's not... It's the same press conference every week, though. I mean, I feel like you're hearing yeah. the same answers all the time. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, really, you can take that however you guys want to. It's, it's. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think it's just going to come down to uh, hopefully the player. I think this season, if it goes the same way and we don't see a change, I think it's just going to be certain players willing us on to win, and hopefully we're getting lucky enough that we can uh get to the end really that's how i have a I question see. though because this, this could be a hot take if it means if it means saturday leaving you know getting a clean slate again and i don't know building towards a brighter future and even if that means under paratici nedved and, and and co would you happily you know give the scudetto to lazio and, and if, if it if us underperforming under saturday means that we lose the Scudetto and it means Saturday's out, we refresh and start again, would, would you take that? I, I like Being like an engineer and being someone who wants to fix things, I just hope that we get to a point before that. I don't think it would happen. I, would, I, don't, I don't think they would be like, oh yeah, we're going to... Like, I don't think there's going to be a coaching change even if we go... Even if we lose the Scudetto, you don't think, you don't think he's, he's out? I don't know. I really don't know. Because I mean, then at that point we're going trophyless because we're not winning. The, I don't think we're winning the Champions League. If we, uh, if let's say there's a guy available, maybe, but there's I don't know. I I, th- I think it, I think there would definitely be questions, but my faith in management is not at an all time high to make that decision. Yeah, because they didn't do it with Allegri. They didn't do it early enough, and I just think that's still here like that decision making process hasn't really changed would you have gotten rid of allegri after 2018 after that madrid exit like the the when we almost came back but then lost to the pk that season yeah oh definitely i wouldn't even have let the us experience what happened as soon as we lost three nothing yeah at home he would have been gone you you don't i don't care who it is you don't lose three nothing at home. Not in your house. Yeah, I know. And the way, that, like, again, did like the way he said he was sitting back at home, bro. 
No, I know. Like, I, I could I could understand if we lost three nothing and we were fighting and whatever. They're a better team. They blow us out. That's fine. He literally came and was like, "Come on, Real Madrid, give us everything you got." And then obviously, like I mean, people can argue all they want. Sure, there was there should have been a penalty given us to us in the 90th minute. Yeah, whatever. That's to me. I've gone so when when I was a kid, I would look at stupid things like that, and maybe sometimes in the moment I would look at shit. I look at shit like that, like obviously the stupid Vasquez penalty that they got and stuff like that. But when I look at the bigger picture and I sit back, you shouldn't even be getting into those positions where you need to score three goals. Yeah, it was always where we had to get our backs up against the wall before we actually came out and, so, and did something. Honestly, so I would, yeah, I mean, I'd hope they'd fire him, but I don't know. Because then they might say, oh, well, we have two years left on his contract. Yeah, I know, and they're not... I we know. don't want to pay that money out. Like, that's, that's, see, that's what we get into. So it's, fucked, it's a fucked up situation, but that's what happens when you, when you don't financially secure yourself and you make stupid moves. And again, it's going to sound, this whole podcast, guys, it's going to sound like I'm beating a dead horse. It's literally the story of Juventus is exactly that. Making stupid decisions and having to limit yourself where you don't see Real Madrid. Obviously, Real Madrid doesn't necessarily have to worry about that because they're bringing in uh, the amount of revenue they are, right? Like, they're selling the jerseys. They have probably some of the biggest fan bases in the world, so they don't have to worry necessarily about that. That isn't Juventus. And I like I hate when people say, "Oh, we got all this new money now." Relax. To be fair, though, if if we're gonna bring up fan bases like like we did with Madrid, you know, the, the whole presence of social media and, and everything, I think bringing Ronaldo in does enhance that ability to bring in more fans and and potentially bring in more revenue. I agree. So I agree. I think. I, I think go ahead. No, no, go ahead. If you finish, I've cut you off so many times. No, I'm you're just, good. I'm too hot. I'm just too. Too done with this game, man. Like, <laughs> I can't think clearly like ever like the other podcast. No, I know. Um, I, like shirt sales itself, I think people like to to dwell on that. Shirt sales only bring in like five to ten percent of, of of overall revenue, so that, that literally has oh, no impact. Exactly. But, um, I think just the ability to bring him in because I think any team, if they want, even now at his age, no matter what, if you're bringing in Ronaldo. You're bringing in a global presence that is right. gonna bring in numbers. Maybe not now, but even after he leaves, you've got a bigger fan base. You've got more numbers to play with. I just think, long term, it still is a, a, a an advantage. A risk and you take. Yeah, and it's just just still something to salvage. I just think though, let's say we go trophyless without Ronaldo. Oh, it's gonna be a failure. Is, is it a failure? Or is it a success? I, I, if we don't win, I mean, the whole reason we brought him in was to just win one. I'm not asking for if oh, we yeah. win, if we don't win one Champions League with Ronaldo by the time he leaves. I think I, that's a massive failure. I agree. I think it's a failure too. I mean, and I think, I think you almost lose in terms of branding, like you said. Like I think that even makes it worse at the end of it. Like you're not on a positive note if he leaves, because then all these fans, I think, leave. Like the the numbers the that we got up to forty. Yeah. Yeah, the numbers we got up to 40 million don't stay because they say, well, look, you ruined Ronaldo's legacy and this and that and that. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the shit they say. So I just think that's kind of what uh, we face. And then you got to remember how we've treated our legends too. A lot <laughs> of fans aren't happy about that too, man. Like the, the list goes on. It's like a growing list of just slights. 
And I'm hoping to cover a whole bunch of stuff. You know, I want to bring uh, Maurizio on to talk about the Curva Sud. I want to bring on... That's a whole you know, other issue, too. Yeah, that, I mean, Someone... I know David Amoyal. I didn't know he was a registered, like, a financial... Uh, yeah, he's he's big in the, the finance world. Guy. So, I mean, if I could bring him on to, like, actually go through... or And there's a couple other people that want to talk about that as well. To yeah. go with, to, like, deep dive into the every page of the financials. I Like, I want to do go into that because... I think we talk a lot in absolutes of whether, you know, uh, we have a lot of money is a lot of, is the thing we say, uh, we're one of the top clubs. We, I know people often really get, it's easy. Just, it's easy just to say, yeah, now we have a lot of money, but like, you got to look at the books. Yeah. You know, it's not that simple. And that's what I try and illustrate successfully or not successfully over what 240 characters on twitter that's another reason why i hate it because you're like you're trying to explain your point and, and you're getting you're, you're getting jumped you're getting jumped left and right by people <laughs> saying you mean this and you mean that yeah, yeah yeah and it's difficult so hopefully this is kind of given a new avenue but um let me try and get up the get these uh questions from whatsapp because i know let me see if I can find them quickly. Not keep you guys holding. Um, so yeah, man, what do you think? Uh, what do you think is gonna happen from now? Do, like, where do we go from here? Kind of for the feeling? remainder of the season. Yeah. What do we? What do we really? What does Sari need to do? What do you see happening? Well, I'm looking at the schedule now. Like more than just the five games. Right after Milan on the seventh of July, we've got Atalanta, and then two games after that, we have Lazio again. <laughs> And we still have Roma to play. Roma's the last game of the season. So, I mean, we still have big games ahead. And and that's a big day, too. Because I believe there's like a... It's like a... There's like four big matchups on that last game, last day. I think like... Yeah, I uh, think there are. Roma plays uh, Napoli or something. Or Napoli plays Lazio. It's pretty yeah. intense. So, and then if you look at Lazio, Lazio still have to play Atalanta, Fiorentina, Milan, Juve... And okay. they have to play. They have to play Napoli the last day. So while we're playing Roma, Lazio play Napoli. So yeah, there's still big games to play. There's still a lot of points to, that are up for grabs. But I don't see us really picking up maximum points in a lot of these games. I just, I mean, maybe we will, and it'll just be the typical Juve where we we pull something out of our asses and and get the three points out of nothing. But could be. Yeah, I think that's still a stretch right now because we haven't been able to do that. We haven't even been able to have scored a goal, let alone win. I mean. I don't. I, I won't be surprised if Lazio go away with the Scudetto. See, the thing is, is with Allegri, we were fine in the back. Yeah, we knew we weren't going to get scored on. With Sarri, we're vulnerable on both ends right now. We're very offensive, but we're not necessarily guaranteeing goals. Yeah, right. So at least before you could say, and not to defend Allegri because I was on the other side of that, but. He, at least you kind of knew that at minimum you're getting the draw almost. You're not going to be squandering, or you're not going, you won't be squandering a lead. Right. So that it's going to be tough. Like, there's a lot of tough. Now that we were just talking about these games, now I'm getting even more like, you know, I was really excited to get into this. And now, two games in, it's like, yeah, I know. The the script is flipped. But, um, anyways, Felix, who was obviously on uh, a couple podcasts ago. Couple comments. Um, hashtag sorry out being the first one. 
Um, he expects a draw versus Bologna. And uh, now the teams know that they can uh, at least get a draw against Sarri. All these smaller teams will defend with 10. That's something that we're going to have to figure out, right? Definitely. And, and and we saw today, we can't attack that. I mean, I feel like that's that's a that's a certain system that I feel like you'd be able to thrive under just because it's constant possession. You're just waiting for that space, that little opening just to, to you know, to penetrate through. But we can't do that. Yeah. And if teams are going to start doing that and just pack in the back, I, I don't see how we're going to be able to get through. So, yeah, I think we're going to be dropping a lot of points going forward. So let's let's get into that, because I don't think I've really, like even last podcast, I don't think I really touched upon. You know, obviously we discussed that Milan was kind of sitting back, but I don't think we got into, or sorry, the post-match or the pre-match against Milan. I don't think we really covered, you know, so what are we going to do? Like, what do you think the, what is the solution to that? You know, obviously with the players we have now, like how, how do we get, how do we, if teams are going to just sit back 10, what what do we, what do we have to do? Yeah, no, I, I think a big problem, too, we haven't seen much from the fullbacks. I mean, I know you said today Alexandro was trying to get forward, but if he went any forward, he'd be, you know, ruled off. But that was one of the reasons why we brought Cuadrado on in the Milan game was because Danilo was defensively strong, but wasn't offering much going forward. And um, I think if we just get a little bit more stability from them getting forward and just overloading the wide areas, even if it at this point, if we're looking to just get a cross in and Ronaldo's just sticking them in, which was what Mandzukic was good at. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what to do at this point. I, this possession isn't working. It's not like where it's not a positional play type of possession where, you know, you're moving it from side to side, waiting for that, that backside to open up. They're just going from side to side. There's no progressive play. I, it's not working. And I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's going to change the system. Right. If it's going to change, it's going to go to the back to the four three one two, and we're we're back at a dilemma there because you don't know who's going to play up top, who's going to play in between the lines as the number ten. It's, I I don't know. I think I I think we're better off staying with the four three three as much as I thought we played better with the four three one two, but I think I just think right now we need and another thing, Ramsey needs to get fit so that he could start. Right. I think the midfield needs to be a, a bit revamped, and. Try Bentancur as the uh, the regista. If we have to move Pjanic to the Metzala, what do we have to lose at this point? Is it going to get any worse? I mean, well, that's I think I think that's what we're hoping. I think you put Ramsey there as the Metzala. You keep Matuidi in there. Obviously, you can switch him and Pjanic or whatever vice for whoever likes whatever sides, right? Yeah, you put them on whatever side they want to play. Um, and yeah, you go with that. I, I'm hopeful. Like to be optimistic, I hope that. The brain can, the brains of these players somewhat kind of wake up and are like, you know, we got to start making runs. And I, and I hope they start looking into these games and being like, why the hell can't we get through them? Like, I think there's plenty of opportunities where I'm like, Ronaldo, slide the ball, or who was it? Um, Ronaldo gave the ball to Bentancur and then he skied it, right? Yeah. Yep. He had Dybala give him the ball put the ball wide a little bit. Obviously, I think he was still going to be in the box. And and let the finisher uh, see what can happen. Or maybe something opens up and Dybala can put it back in. Yeah. I find there's so many times where I'm going, like, pass. Like, it's it's like in hockey when you're on the power play, everyone's screaming in the, fuck, in the building, shoot. Because you have, like, the overall, obviously, the view of the whole pitch, right? Yeah. So you're seeing what's open, who's not, who's making the run, who isn't. 
or maybe the player not is, is not necessarily so. I really hope they can just go over tape and just be like, "Hey, you could have ran in behind there. Give him the ball or this way." I I find if we were to do that and if we were to clean up that part of the game and play the pressing that I think we did pretty well to win the ball back during certain scenarios, not obviously not the whole game. I think we look a lot better. I think we'll get a lot more chances, but I think it comes down to players actually buying in and communicating with their teammates and saying, okay, guys, this is what we want to do in this situation. If a guy's here, this is kind of how I like the, the I, I want, if I'm going to go towards the net, you look at Ronaldo, he was doing like stepovers, just outlet. Meaningless stepovers too today. Yeah, yeah. Into three players. Yep. Outlet the ball. Like, put it wide. And then if you got to go around. So, and again, with the Alexander point, I'm not saying he was perfect, right? Like, there were certain times where, yeah, he would stand close to the, the midfielder and not make the run. I just think in general, sometimes you're looking and he was trying to make that outlet and he would run and then he would stop because either Ronaldo or Matuidi or whoever, Pjanic, would hold the ball and just wait, look like this for two seconds. You get figured out, and then you have to like kind of regroup and send the ball back, recirculate the ball again. So, I don't know. It's I'm hoping that we can, like I said, look at some tape and hopefully. For, and then again, another comment. Someone says, "Does the season get worse from here?" I think it depends on if how optimistic you are about Saudi. Yeah, I mean, and uh, <laughs> and what you think we got, right? Because. Again, we don't know down the line who gets hurt. I thought Alexandra got hurt this game. That was scary, man. I, I thought for sure he blew out his knee. Because, <laughs> yeah, like everyone was talking about and we're like, I don't know. I don't know how. And then they like they brought in the magic spray and then I guess it was all <laughs> it was all good to go. So yeah. I don't know. That was that was a worrying point for me. Um, sure. Let me see if we got anything else, my friend. Um, hypothetical. Would it matter if Juve bought, brought any of the lone players in now? Obviously, Kulosevsky, uh, Pellegrini, or maybe even Mandragora or Orso. I think you've kind of touched on that. I mean, one of them I think we could use right now is yeah, uh, Pellegrini think, for sure. Him, I think even Orsolini. I mean, stick him in for Costa. Just, well, why not? I mean, and who have Mandragora? Yeah, I feel like any of those players could probably get into the 11 right now just off of the way we're playing. Yeah, if, if I if, if I wouldn't have to see Kili, uh, what's his name, uh, not Kielini, uh, Kedira Kid, oh, play yeah. on the pitch anymore, that would be awesome. Well, he, he got hurt throw anyone. Too, so it's unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> it's unbelievable, man. And someone someone told me he got a, he has an option. I don't know if anybody knows this, but we were talking. Apparently, he's got an extra option on top of next year, from what I've heard. Unbelievable. <laughs> That guy's on the, the he's got the the money train coming in, man. <laughs> like he must for for him to still be there. I mean, we've had Sarri rec or Sarri praise him for just being you know very intelligent, but his body not being able to perform the same way. Allegri the same thing. So he's obviously got something. He just he can't run anymore. He he can't do it week in week out. If you're gonna keep him. Maybe keep him as a rotational player, but you've got to cut down the wage, and I don't think he's going to take a pay cut. So it doesn't seem like a smart investment anymore. Yeah, and but then the thing is, it's tough to offload guys like that, right? Because who wants to pick him up? I know there's lots of news here and there that say, yeah, America. so-and-so yeah. wants him, so-and-so, and then really nothing happens, or he doesn't want to agree to it. So it's it's tough, right? I mean, 
with uh, you look at our bench again, like Rabio comes on. Do you really see that much of an impact? The one thing, though, I would almost like to see, though, is, uh, and I know it's not going to happen, and I've said this time and time again, if Ronaldo's not look, if it's not looking good, and I and I don't want a close game, you're going to want uh, some would say the most deadliest player on the in the world on the pitch. If you could even put like a Cuadrado up top, Douglas Costa with like a Dybala and just see what, not obviously to start a game, but if we're in a game like today and it's not really working, what hesitation do you have to take Ronaldo off? So we've played two games right now. He hasn't come off the pitch. He hasn't looked, he's, he's played God awful in my opinion. And what do you have to lose? Nothing, I mean, he did it in really. the beginning of the season. He was very it's, quick. Exactly. But then I think he got tapped on the shoulder by the management and because Probably. there was a whole thing in the news and then the yeah. news starts making a big deal and then, okay, well, that's never going to happen again. Yeah. So it's like, I find like, we if he did that and something sparked, I don't know. Maybe Bernardeschi gets some, some uh, hope into him. Because he's made some decent runs, but then he's also made some like, why are you passing the ball back? Why are you almost getting caught out in our own zone? He does a lot of stupid shit as well. So, yeah, I don't know. you see that first touch he had today, or he well, took exactly for the corner, <laughs> or against Milan where he ran the ball almost. Oh my god! Yeah, I know. Oh. So, and then he goes down the field and he makes a nice run. Obviously, he doesn't get the ball, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, you gotta. I know it's gonna be. It's going to be interesting, right? Like, Saudi's very stubborn. And um, I don't know. Maybe they have to, like, I don't see them shit canning them, though. I know that as much as they're, the the hype is on social media, I don't see them getting, the, uh, getting fired. Even if, let's say, we were to go on a run of, lo- of losses, even. I think it would be still tough for them to swallow that contract up. Trophyless. Trophy, nothing. You think he's still there? That's a th- if if we go to yeah, I'll I'll go back on that one. If if we get to the end of the season and we're we did we lose the Scudetto and then it's in August and we're in Champions League and we lose to Lyon or something like that, that would probably uh, it's it'd be tough. I it'd think at, tough. I don't think Agnelli's that. I I feel like at that point he'd have to pull the trigger. I don't think he'd have a choice. And I almost. I, I think you'd, s- have, you'd have to. Eat I, the- I don't want to. I don't want to say I want to see that happen, but I would almost like to see that happen. Which was my point before, yeah. Because I really want to see what this management. That's why, in the back of my head, over these past couple of years, I've almost wanted to lose the scudetto a little bit. No, I know. I, yep. Because I really would like to see what the decision making is at that point. When you win, it's like I like we discussed earlier. It's so much different. You know, you can you you don't you can look past all the negative, and really, if we make that mistake, there's going to be so much more accountability in terms of obviously not making enough revenue, this, that, and the other thing. Obviously, not winning a trophy. If let's say, and then you have games against Inter where you actually look good. So I don't understand. I don't get this team. I don't get how we look good and beat Inter twice, Merda twice. And that's probably I, just because it's Merda and, and it's just, you know, you, you've got to beat them. That's just, 
I think yeah, that I that just know. comes from that, that that just come. I think it just has that game has motivation in itself, where okay. they automatically get you know hyped up for it, and then they just get complacent again. I don't know. Yeah, and then they fall asleep, and nothing matters, and we're all on over five million dollar, five million euro contracts, and life is good, and no one can beat us in and our that's minds. The thing. Even under Allegri, like the whole idea of complacency was never really a thought. Like maybe towards the end, it started. We saw you know the downward slope, but you still saw a reaction every year after we would win. You still had that powerhouse that no matter what, the DNA was all right. We're going to be, you know, it's winning. That's all that matters. If we lose, we have a bad game. We're going to come back and get the points again. Yeah. There's nothing like that now. They, they're okay losing. You want, to, you want to know what I think about that whole scenario with Allegri? I thought, I think we almost, it's like we almost used the, all our, our voodoo powers up. All our luck is, you know what I mean? Like we would come back and we would have a good performance. But if you notice towards the end of when Allegri was the coach, the rub of the green start didn't come back. Yeah. Like it was harder and harder to, you know, push. And I just think it's in, in, in general, what really pisses me, like, again, it's that whole, I think what really buries him is what Chiellini said, if it's true. That's why I, I would almost hope that Allegri comes out and say like, yeah, no, there was a fucking brawl in the, in the dressing room oh, and it got out of control. Cardiff? Oh. Yeah, when when he says that we're exhausted at halftime, I, I I don't buy it. Like, you had like I don't know how many days. How were you exhausted? Tied one one at halftime. Yeah, it just doesn't. And that's kind of like as a coach. And some people were saying, well, how do you motivate? How do you motivate a team? I'm like, what do you mean? How do you motivate a team that's exhausted? Well, then if you could use this, and I said the same thing. Well, then you could say the same thing about sorry. If these guys are so-called tired or this or that, or they're not feeling into it, how you mo- how is he supposed to motivate? If Allegri can't motivate a team, how are you expecting sorry? Because he's not really that type of coach either. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, man. I think I think this year we're going to really have, it's really going to be, I thought last year was bad. I think we're probably going to be getting to, and I know some people said, is this is this now in talks of is the era over or I don't I, I don't want to go that far yet. Yeah. Because there's still a long way to go. There's still a lot of games to play. And I, I think they're, you know, as much as it's been a negative, obviously, podcast per se, but I think there's still lots to look for. Like there's a there's things that we can do. We know don't work. We there's things that we know can work where we know there's things that we can improve on. It's just going out and executing. And really, I don't. there's not really been an execution uh, in terms of uh, what's been, what Saudi's been saying or what the players have been saying. So, you know, for the most part, we, um, we hope that things can go well. And obviously, it's kind of shitty that the treble now is... Not going to be within reach, but you know it is what it is. Now we can't, yeah. <laughs> we can't do anything about that. But and fucking the, another thing that pissed me off that actually now I'm just remembering about the last podcast. You know we talked a little bit about the history between Juve and Napoli, and I have no, I haven't been shy about my uh, 
hate for uh, De Laurentiis because I saw that. Yeah, I saw your tweet. I can't stand the guy. Like literally, <laughs> almost dismantle. Like the guy is doesn't even deserve to smell come within five feet of that damn trophy after what the hell he did to his team. And then fucking, you know, compliment compliments to uh, Gattuso for what he's done as a coach um, because he's really kept that team from, like, imploding. And, I mean, sure, they're not necessarily contending, but they've been way better than what they started the season with. And, you know, when you have a coach who's a filmmaker, talks about a retreat and like forces players and we're yeah, not going to be, they were can't fun. stand the guy, cannot was, stand the guy. Yeah. Literally was so hoping we would have smashed him today. I was like, do it for, do it. So this guy doesn't fucking get any satisfaction of winning. And we didn't. And yeah, who knows? Maybe we need a retreat. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll go for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're all going to catch secondhand smoking then, so I don't know if that's a good idea either. Yeah, true. True enough. <laughs> but um, anyways, um, you know, I think we did a pretty good job of uh, – is there anything left that you got to get out of your system, Bruno? Uh, regarding today, I, I think we, we beat the horse pretty good. Uh, there's always different arguments, you know, between what could have been with Allegri or, or whatever or what the management's doing, but – it is what it is. We're here where yep. we are now. We just got to pick up and, and try to get better, but I don't think that's going to happen this season. Yeah. So Bologna on Monday, that's obviously going to be a way fixture. That'll be the start of the, uh, the Serie A campaign again. Obviously, we have one point on Lazio. Um, there's going to be, I believe, four games happening this weekend. So should be interesting to see how all these other teams kind of uh, pick up and who wins and who loses and kind of it's kind of see it's going to be interesting like i told, said last time it's going to be interesting to see how everyone deals with this covid uh or this uh basically restart so that's the other thing because if if the outbreak does spike again we we revert to the algorithm so and yeah i don't think that's going to happen no, I know, but that it, it's a possibility, and and I don't, I don't know. I know Italy now is the the curve is flattened, but you never know. No, but I think they're even talking. Uh, someone point. I can't remember if it was Fabrizio Romano or um, someone else, but I believe that, or maybe it was even David 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 Amoyal. Um, he said something that the the policy is different. It's not going to be one COVID case. And everything shuts like they no, were talking yeah, about. I don't, yeah, I think what they're gonna do is they're gonna try and like obviously individually quarantine certain players and let the chips fall as they may. But yeah, you're right; it could spike. Who knows? I mean, there was a bunch of these protests that happened, right? So yeah, and that, and <laughs> in different parts of the U.S., right? There was there have been spikes. Now, not necessarily it could have been from that, or obviously reopening has been happening in a lot of different parts of the world. Obviously, Italy's one, Canada, U.S., wherever. But, yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see with that as well. Who knows where we get with that? And then it could be playoff or it could be who knows, right? Could go to the algorithm if they decide. But, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Now, I never asked you before the um, the podcast, but you haven't been to Torino, have you? I have not, no. 
Okay, so let's get, let's, you know what, to wrap it up, I think we're going to try and salvage this and make it a little bit of a positive ending. So, you know, usually, like I said before, I do Allo Stadio or a Torino where you discuss your most memorable moment, obviously, or your first time you've been to the stadium, what you did in Turin, how long you stayed, how tickets were a pain in the ass to get or not. Um, and maybe what else you did there, describing the atmosphere, who you met, what kind of, if you met it up within the UV fans. But, uh, you know, if you haven't, which is obviously perfectly fine, I hope you get to experience that one day. And I hope to go back again very soon because I'm, uh, I'm itching to travel after, after this year. It's been crazy, <laughs> but did you make it I, this year? I didn't. So the first time I've been is the only time I've been, unfortunately, with my work. Um, we're really busy uh, kind of in the fall, summer, so it's kind of difficult to take right, a lot time of time, time. off. Yeah. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to. Plus, it does cost. I mean, we're going oh, yeah. for, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I know New Jersey, Toronto, uh, New York, it's a little bit close. Montreal is a little bit closer to to italy than calgary is but so we got to go an extra four hours just to get on one of your fl- well, i know we have direct flights now but right um so the prices are coming down a little bit so to say and then depending on when you go but it is expensive right to go out there and yeah, yeah. Uh, the euro and stuff like that so but anyways cut the rambling um Give us some of your most memorable Juve moments. I know to mo- I know today is probably not going to be one of them, but well, I can give when you, you. I can. I mean, I've been to games. I just when they've come here for for. Oh yeah, go ahead, man. If, yeah, if so in... I mean, I've had some pretty memorable ones, both good and bad. So I mean, my first experience, I'll never forget that. That was after the 2009-2010 season. That was right after we finished seventh place. That was with you know Diego Amaury. That that whole troll team uh and it was the year of the world cup so buffon wasn't there a couple a lot of the guys weren't there but the piero hadn't been called up so he made the trip so you know i was like 10 or 11 so that that was you know that made my night that that was amazing uh and he managed to score so i, I got to see that and that you know i was like a kid in the candy store and then after the game we went behind the stadium to watch the bus come out um and there was a ton of people. So I was like a small kid in a, in a, in a huge crowd. And Del Piero came up to, to get autographs done and everything. And I guess it was just because I was so small. I didn't manage to get right up next to him. But I knew that he was right there. And that alone made my night. And I, uh, you know, I was able to get that experience. But another time, I've been to four or five games. So before you, before you explain the next one, so that was in, in New Jersey? That was in New Jersey. They came to Red Bull Arena. So, Harry, yeah, that was like 45 okay. minutes from where I'm at. And who did they? Who were they playing? Do you <laughs> they remember? The, yeah, they played the Red Bulls, and uh, we lost. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I remember just a little bit of – I remember my uncles went uh, – obviously, they. my uncles met another uncle who lived in London, Ontario, and they drove, I believe, to one of the years where they played in Giant Stadium. And I believe they had the Coppa Italia or the Super Coppa there, if I remember correctly. But they also had a tournament, and they went bo- they went in a couple years apart. So I was thinking it was maybe that one, but I don't know. I don't think it was because I don't remember them playing New York Red Bulls. I think it was more of the just the, uh, the international clubs. Yeah, they I don't went, think they, they had. Yeah, no, I don't they, think they had MLS at that point. 
They, I mean, I know they went to MetLife in 2018, 2018 and that, that's the story I was going to get to because they played Barca at Giant Stadium, and I went to that game as well. But the day before, they had a live training session that you were able to, to watch. And that, oh, was at, that, yeah, that was at Red Bull Arena as well. So I went there, and uh, I got front row seats. It was first come, first serve. So I got there, got to the, the first row. We saw Barcelona train, so I saw Messi, Suarez, Neymar, that, that trio. They were still there. And then Juve come on, and I had, I had my my Juve flag set up. I had a, a Juve scarf, my jersey, everything. They're they're jogging, they're they're doing their warm up and everything. And I had a couple friends with me and my family, and uh, I had the scarf. And they were they kind of encouraging me to to throw the scarf on the field to see if I can get it signed. And I wanted to do it too, but I, I didn't know what was going to happen, so I just said, you know, whatever. I throw the scarf on, and immediately security starts swarming over. Oh and I, no way! Yeah. Piani and to this day, Pianic pisses me off because he looked right at the scarf and jogged away. And uh, long story short, they escorted me out of the stadium, and uh, I got no. I got charged with trespassing. What? Um, the police The police told me that I was getting arrested that night, which never happened. But uh, yeah, I got a ticket. I had to and. The day after, or the day of the game, which was the following day, we were going to to visit family in Toronto. So we were from the game, we were going to leave, and I had a court date during our time on vacation. So then we had to call the the municipal court and reschedule my my court date for when I got back. And no. So I got I went to court and I had to pay a <laughs> a three hundred dollar fine. Jeez, really? Just for throwing your scarf on throwing the fucking field? Yeah, and there, that day too, people, people stormed the field. I mean, there were people that that went on the field. They were hugging the players and everything. And I basically got charged the same thing that they did, and it was just for throwing a scarf. So I've had, even though I haven't been to Torino oh to a game, God. I've had my share of uh, Juve memories. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I'm always jealous of hearing like all these memory, all these stories. I know. Um, I think the closest to us was, I know there was a game in Vegas that I almost went to. Um, that uh, that didn't work. I believe they were playing uh, Santos Laguna in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't end up going that. I, or maybe was it Real Madrid as well? They played. It might have been a couple games. So I didn't end up going to that one. Obviously, they've had a couple games, I think, in Toronto over the years. I went to one in Toronto, yeah. But really, you know, where I'm from, it's not – we don't have a soccer-specific stadium. or Like, there were there were talks about getting one before they did the this bid for the – the joint bid for the Mexico-Canada-U.S. Yeah. World Cup. Obviously, uh, you know, some stuff bro- broke down with uh, our municipal government, so they didn't end up building a stadium. And then, obviously, it didn't even have a chance to get into the bid, so that was kind of off the table. But, yeah, there's not, There's a stadium that's, kind, that's used for more for football. It wouldn't be great, but, um, yeah, so they don't really host a lot of games in Calgary, more of in the East Coast. So that's why I'm, I always like to hear uh, all these stories because, you know, a lot of it's in uh, wherever, Miami or yeah, obviously yeah. New York, New Jersey, Boston, sometimes in L.A. But, you know, who knows when that'll come back again, right? Because of all of now yeah, this yeah, pushback. This got canceled and who knows. And plus with the Ronaldo, like, accusations, they didn't even go. Yeah. So they ended up going Middle East. Asia, yeah. Yep. So, 
who knows, man. But no, that was a great story. I feel bad because like it was terrible. I didn't even get to see them train. I saw them for like five minutes and then they kicked me out. Jeez. That's I saw all of Barca's training. It's funny, but it's like really terrible. Because then that was Buffon's last year too. So that was like my last chance to see him. Well, before, oh, really? he, yeah. before he came back, before he came back. But yeah, it was awful. Yeah, because I know when I went for the first time, which was obviously the game where we uh, not we didn't clinch the Scudetto, but they also they did the presentation again. Yeah. Um, yeah, everyone jumped on the pitch. I was so tempted, but in my back of my head, and I'm like, okay, I have about a month left in Italy. Do I really want to risk something <laughs> happening now? And I believe we had to go. We went from obviously Torino to London after to then go on this. Uh, tour with a whole bunch of other uh, kids our age yeah and at the time and i'm like do i want to i'm in i know i mean i at the time my italian was pretty good so it's not like i would obviously not know how to communicate with them but i'm like do i really will they say anything do i are they would they kick you out or whatnot i was kind of worried it was the first time right so and then plus everything that happened with the tickets and all that shit so I didn't want to risk it, or else I should have. But it, it would have been it would have been fun. Maybe ne- maybe next uh, scudetto, next but uh, yeah, for sure. Whenever everyone gets to go back into the uh, stadium, but uh, yeah, Matt. No, yeah, thanks, Bruno. I appreciate you coming on. I know um, it was uh, it was we were gonna get you on the pre-match, and then all these offers came in, and I was like. It seemed like it was all at the same time. It was like, I can do it, I can do it. <laughs> no, so, no worries. But, um, it worked yeah, out. no, I, I definitely appreciate you coming on. Uh, like I said, you're on the list now, and um, we'll definitely like to have you back, you know, sometime in the future. There's going to be lots of games to cover, and some stressful, some not. But uh, I guess a message to the Juventini that are, I would say, newer or, you know, welcome to the club. Now you know how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is what we bitch about. So, <laughs> welcome but to welcome, welcome, welcome. But you we know, made that decision, so we we just have no choice but to live with it. We're not. Yeah, I know it's we're here with the team. You know, like they always say, "Fino alla fine." I was just you know? gonna say that. Yep. So at the end of the day, let's hope that uh, you know we get we write the ship. Sorry, writes the ship. Tomorrow's a new day. Let's get back on the training pitch. You know work some things out let's see uh, what we can do hopefully get some players back you know fit like ramsey like you said yep and uh you know off to bologna right and um just again you like as usual closing remarks guys um thank you for all your support um i appreciate all the views the subs all of that you know all the retweets you know trying to spread the word about the podcast and you know, just want to give, you know, even today, some people uh, were like uh, wondering what to listen to before the game. And, uh, you know, even if it's just to pass the time, listen to some good stories. Like I said, today we've had another another great one. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, just share the love for this team and for the black and white stripes. And, you know, as long as we're here, really, uh, you know, the story goes on, the history goes on. So. Again, I want to really appreciate, you know, everything's really come together. And, you know, again, please DM me on whatever platform, you know, either YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. It doesn't matter if you've been on a podcast or not. You know, this is number four now of all new guests. So, 
you know, it's perfect. So, you know, it's not difficult to set up just over Skype. And um, yeah, so again, at Juventinita, D-A-L on Twitter and Instagram. Obviously, you can find me YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean. And yeah, just keep your eyes posted to uh, Twitter. And that's where pretty much I'll announce when everything kind of finalizes because it takes a little bit of time between the platforms for them to actually post. Some are quicker than the other. So... But yeah, definitely going to be discussing in the, hopefully this weekend, maybe a couple podcasts on the uh, preview of this season coming up and getting some more opinions. Um, I think I have a few guests that are uh, a little bit more well-known that uh, have had some pretty great reaction videos so far. That's one thing. If you haven't checked out the video that Al put out on the uh, reactions, it was priceless. I heard about that. I got to watch that. Yeah. And I've never seen myself so much in, in three guys watching uh, a game live. Obviously, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't presented live, but just even watching the 30 minutes, like halfway through, I was just cracking myself up, just a <laughs> laughing at yourself, laughing at others yeah. because, you know, you see the similarity. But um, definitely check that out, guys. And, uh, you know, stay tuned. As always, fino alla fine, forza Juventus. Ciao. Ciao.